Big Bang Theory. Amanda, he's adopted. How can I be adopted when I have a twin sister? Think, monkey. Think. Young Sheldon, coming to CBS this fall. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screeches coming. Welcome to episode two of The Gates of Shell. I am your co-host, Jack Storbeck. And I am your co-host, Optin Haydari. Uh, welcome back to our lovely little uh, trip into the wild world of uh, Sheldon, the Sheldoverse, if you will. The Sheldonverse. Uh, Optin, how are you doing? I'm doing great. You know, we're, uh, we're hanging in there. This is day um, N plus one of the quarantine, um, trapped in the very simple world and the very pleasant sort of, you know... Um, idyllic every town america that chuck Lorre has created for us yeah chuck Lorre has is quite the norman rockwell of our times isn't oh, he yeah. i told my friend that we were doing a podcast about young sheldon and she was like who would listen to that and no one that's the point we're, like, I don't we're, scre- we're screaming all of this into the void yeah, you think anybody's listening to anybody else's podcast? No, we're all about to die. I'm Queen Latifah in Last Holiday, man. <laughs> I'm, instead of having sex with LL Cool J, I'm recording a podcast about a nine-year-old boy genius. So, hey man, if anyone, apples if and oranges. anyone has the answer to the various economic and social problems uh, and medical problems that COVID-19 is posing... Uh, the world, it's got to be my man, Young Sheldon. I mean, when you think about it, yeah. you know, he, he, he has the answers. A hundred percent. And here's the thing. I, I don't want anyone to listen to this podcast. I literally have shown nothing but contempt towards an audience that I fictionalize in my head over this. So if you're listening to this, shut it the fuck off. Picking off from last episode, uh, the pilot, Sheldon started out in high school, a nine-year-old starting his freshman year. His parents were all worried uh, that he was going to get bullied, which, of course, he did because, I mean, come on, he wears a bow tie. He's nine in high school in Texas in the 80s. Perfect storm. Yeah, and uh, on top of that, the man is truly a real social anarchist. Like, he's coming up to people. Uh, as we see in this episode, he's just coming up to people, just straight up asking them point blank, like no social cues. You know, I feel like I feel like they're trying to. So is br- he such a brain galaxy brain that like you know he comes up to people and just sort of spouts um, the most insane shit to them and talks about being their leader. Yeah, Sheldon. Sheldon is has has a combination of like Nazi vibes. <laughs> yes, he, he has some real locked away in a German prison. Uh, right in his right in his manifesto vibes. Here's what I'll say: We would need to keep Sheldon for, away from the dark internet. Oh, that's for 100%. sure. percent. Yeah, we've already established Sheldon has no moral compass and only wants power and success for himself. So, uh, so Optin, you ready to watch uh, episode two yes, titled "Rockets, Communist, and the Dewey Decimal System"? Yes, I am. I am ready. I love all three of those things. Oh, dude, those three things get me rock hard. Rock hard, dude. Let's go. (laughs) Okay. Okay. We'll be right back. We're going to watch that episode um, and we'll see you in a sec. I can hear them perks coming. I can hear the words coming. I can hear the screeches coming. And we're back. Wow. Wow. That was that was a heavy episode. That was wild. Holy there shit. There were some elements there. There were some serious elements there. Oh, my God. So last episode, uh, we touched on class and religion. 
this episode oh we got the whole shebang. chuck Lorre pulls no punches yeah. we talked about racism sexual politics dude the racism thing was there was some just straight up racism in this like he meets a vietnamese kid and immediately out the back we just get some straight up racism from sheldon's mom some real a plus shit and, and the thing is or i guess like f minus shit so we start off this episode with sheldon eating lunch by himself and his mom is staring like a hawk over him with uh her husband his dad i use his dad in the very loosest of terms his dad has no sympathy for his son hard to blame him but regardless his mom wants to sit next to him which again if their whole thing is trying to keep him from getting his ass kicked there's no better way to make sure that happens than to have your mom sit next to you at lunch in high school then he mentions in a voiceover that he likes sitting alone because he likes to contemplate which again yeah oh no yeah no there's that can only mean one thing in the modern era he's 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 typing up the manifesto in his head that's for sure yeah He's crunching, he's crunching the numbers. He's making the list. He's checking it twice. Um, I mean, like, there's... If we're getting a voiceover from Jim Parson, you know, we're kind of seeing things from his perspective. But if you look at it from another perspective, it's also like, oh, this kid is, like, slowly becoming... He's fitting the, the mold, you know? He's fitting the profile. Here's the thing. Thank God we have... Uh, and I, I, this is the only time you'll hear me say this ever, but thank God we have the big bang theory because at least we know how Sheldon turns out. Oh yeah. This was in a vacuum on itself. I would be like, what is this? Is this Gus Van Sant's elephant? (laughs) Like Jesus Christ, this is bleak and harrowing. Yeah. But we go to, uh, Sheldon's house later and Sheldon's mom's concerned that, uh, Sheldon's not making any friends and Sheldon's sister is like, like why what makes me special mom and his mom literally can't say anything besides uh your hair and that's like as you mentioned when we were watching the episode that is not gonna be good oh yeah for her development oh yeah no so like you know the whole thing we're getting here is supposedly sheldon you know like his experience being kind of a loner being kind of an out like you're bullied a little or like not fitting in because he's smart. Like that's going to make it hard for him later in life. But what what, his, in that one moment, his mom just uh, like straight up telling his sister, like, yeah, you know what? Like you got nothing going for you. That's going to do more to fuck up her development in her life than anything. Sheldon's going to experience like Sheldon can come out well adjusted from this. Yeah. She, I mean, she's going to end up like Laura Palmer. If, uh, she keeps getting like the cold shoulder from her parents. The dad, of course, sits like a fucking bump on the log the entire episode. Um, but Sheldon then uh, goes to the library uh, in the next episode. And he talks about how uh, he loves the library. And his favorite part about the library is the Dewey Decimal System. Which, if anybody remembers the Dewey Decimal System and watches this show, my guess is that they didn't use it very often. <laughs> Big Bang Theory also had this kind of problem where it was like ostensibly a show about nerds, you know, but no nerds actually watched it. Like it was geek fandom for non-geeks. Any person knows basic facts about Superman, right? I feel like the show is written by a bunch of former high school bullies that like are kind of atoning for beating the shit out of these 
these kids that they bullied when they were in school and they're just remembering the words that these kids used to say before they would sock him in the jaw. <laughs> and he goes and he checks out the book, uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People, which if you haven't heard of this book, you've probably seen it on the bookshelf or nightstand of some Greek life douchebag. Or they're a white, or they're a white SoundCloud member. Yes. Uh, it's a lot of Marsh, USC Marshall. For vibes sure. That how to win part. friends and influence people is the Bible of people whose parents pay for their cocaine. And so he's he's reading this book and he he's trying to test it out. Uh, and he goes to his dad and starts complimenting his dad, but it's really like flirtatious. And wow, I was like, I was sitting here like kind of getting hot oh, i just want to say i want to pay our respects to uh the sheldon's father who was played by I don't, I don't remember the actor's name but he's the guy he's bill ponderosa from always yes. sunny in philadelphia my man pondy who is might i say one of the finer supporting characters in any comedy television show i've ever seen imagine young sheldon but with bill ponderosa as his dad it's hard not to imagine that um, except when this uh, dad's on screen, he takes every opportunity to rip that image right out of my fucking mind because he does nothing but like do oh, yeah. 80s dad shit. He sits in a rocking chair and reads the newspaper. Apparently, Charles Manson was a huge fan of that book. Oh, shocker. Al al allegedly, he used the book to get women to kill for him. So, you know. So, clearly, the book works for some people. It. It does work for some people. It's it, not, it, it, but as it, we can it, see, it's, it's not working for the psycho, Sheldon. The Sheldon psychopath tendencies have not reached a point where I think it'll be effective enough for him. No, but he does then later talk to a cheerleader in the hallway at school. She like asks him, are you in special ed? And he said, well, my mom said I was special. And she says, oh, like, isn't that adorable? And then he says, do you want to be my friend? And she says, no. Like, if that isn't just straight up, I don't, I don't even, yeehaw. I don't even, I don't even think she said like, oh, that's. I think she just straight up went to the like, oh no, like the contempt, which yeah. is like, she's like, that's incredible. She's like, you're in special ed and you want to be my friend. Like, yeah, do you know you, what kid. time and era this is? This is Texas, George H. W. Bush's Texas. Like, let's just say I hope Sheldon doesn't go to prison if everybody's gonna be thinking that he's this because it doesn't end well for them brutal yeah no uh that 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 girl had real cold-hearted real uh real real sick shit energy to her he's just like using this book to like talk to people way above his uh uh social level and he's just getting dumped on at every corner like the people in real life that actually do read this book until they realize, uh, wait, I can just name drop my dad and I'll succeed. Then hey. Sheldon looks into the book and finds out who previously rented this book. And seemingly it's every teacher in this fucking school that has also had trouble making friends, which, wow, I can see it. Yeah, real great commentary it. here by uh, Chuck Lorre. It's like, like, it, like, it's just shitting on public school teachers, you know? Chuck Lorre has nothing but contempt for the poor. But what I will say is that he's not that far off because as someone who did go to public high school, I had some public school teachers that would call students hot, which, uh, yeah, that sounds like right out of Dale Carnegie's fucking handbook. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's that's how you really win friends for sure. Yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing makes you more approachable and friendly than flirting with minors. I mean, you you definitely you definitely get the teachers who have just kind of like checked. I mean, I got a lot of love for public school teachers, you know, but like you definitely get the ones who are just like, oh yeah, like I'm checked out, like fuck this shit. Y'all can do what you want to do, you know, like, and you see that in these teachers that he in the in the show. Well, yeah, because it's like, finally, they have a smart kid in their class. It's like, oh, my God, I've been teaching dumbasses in Galveston, Texas for 20 years. Is there anything more to my career or is this literally going to be my life? And then they finally meet this child prodigy that they can leave like an impression on. And what does he say to them? You're ugly or you're fat. He literally calls one of his teachers fat. In this no, no, he, sa- he, sa- he says that she becomes fat because she didn't become principal. Yeah, he, he says something like that. I don't know. I, I was thinking about the scene before that one where he's he finds the first teacher that checked out this book. And after maybe two words to her of just being like, oh, is this your name in the book uh, in the book sleeve? And then after like about three seconds, she goes on this highly inappropriate tirade about her sex life to this nine-year-old boy about talking about how she hates men and that they all want one thing and just letting him have it. And just it's fucking, fucking disgusting. Just a, a smorgasbord of TMI. Yeah, she says he, he, he's talking about his ex-lover who we, who we eventually learn is another teacher. And yeah, so just, now we know that these teachers are having sex at work. Probably not at work, but and I'd he's like telling to the kids so. about. Just telling the kids about it, but she says like I he he took my innocence like she used and then Sheldon's like well what do you mean your innocence and it's just like my my God, yeah they're on CBS they're being like yeah you know Mr Matthews down the hall, he had anal sex with me and then refused to cuddle, <laughs> and Sheldon's just sitting there with his fucking glazed look over his eyes. Yeah. Um. So then okay so Sheldon is talking uh. Then he tells his mom when a hilarious line. He's like, "Mom, what do you know about the drug Prozac? I think my teachers could benefit from that." Uh, yeah, Sheldon, you're right. All where my is, teachers where, could where, have benefited from Prozac. Where is Sheldon reading about Prozac? That's what I want to know. Something did he like Google search it? Is because it's not like he's been in, like is he looked finding it on the news? Like where is this? He probably Knowledge found it in his from. parents' medicine cabinet because his mom having to go to bed next to that meat monster every night. Dude, I'd need a lot more than Prozac to convince oh, yeah. myself that I'm in love with this slob. Yep. Yeah, it sucks for her that Xanax hasn't been invented yet. She's got real Xanax suburban mom vibes. Oh, she's going to be hitting that white wine like a fucking Karen. Like there's no tomorrow. Oh, yeah. But then we're revealed that uh, Sheldon... He actually meets a friend in this episode. He's in the library. Um, this other kid is uh, checking out, trying to check out that uh, Dale Carnegie book. And they they realize that they're, they're both like loners and uh, they decide to become friends. And Sheldon tells his mom that he made a friend and she fucking loses it. Like she is like a pig and shit as a reward they let Sheldon use uh, his rocket kit, which apparently Sheldon has killed numerous families of squirrels with this rocket kit. Like, yeah, very normal non-psychopath behavior, you know. 
yeah, let's just let, yeah, in 1989, it's just like, yeah, sure, honey, let's just let our son reenact the fucking Challenger explosion on a family of squirrels in our yard. Just shooting animals up with a rocket, just seeing if they can make it like the first dog in space or whatever. Yeah, so Sheldon Cooper uh, makes this new friend, and his name's Tam. He's uh, Vietnamese, and this becomes not only explained, but brutally analyzed in the next scene. Oh, yeah. uh, Way, way, way too in-depth. So Sheldon invites Tam over for dinner, and Sheldon's dad asks him, Oh, Tam, uh, what kind of name is that? And he says, Vietnamese. Sheldon's dad, like the fat fucking oaf he is, says, Oh, Vietnamese? I was in Vietnam once. The army. By the way, is your mom named Kim Lee? To which the kid replies, no. But like the implication very obviously being that this man, Bill Ponderosa, he's got some skeletons in the closet that we haven't fully dissected here. This woman he's referring to, he's fathered some sort of illegitimate child with. And she was like either like a prostitute or a woman that, you know, he met in Vietnam and like, you know, wooed and whatever. And I apparently left there. Or something much more nefarious that I'm not going to get into. But there is some there's some sketchy stuff being implied here about why he would know, why he would be curious to know about a Vietnamese woman's name. I don't think there has to be that much imagination that goes into it. Just watch the movie Platoon. That's what happened. Oh, yeah. Sheldon's dad just being like, yeah, I was in Vietnam once. It's a small country. A lot smaller now, if you know what I mean. Like, hey. Your son, that's probably a serial killer, just invited his first friend over, and you're just like, hey, yeah, I probably killed your fucking family over there. Like, dude, shut Real the class fuck act. up. Real class act on his part. Honestly, you know, and like, and like, and then when they, so when they ask him, first, like, then Sheldon's mom comes in, you know, like, uh, I made you brisket and, sh- uh, and barbecue chicken, you know. You must just to show you what Texas food's like. As if this kid has never had. He's been living in Texas for like a few years now. He's n- never had Texas food. Come, come the you know fuck what on. You know what she says? She says you're probably tired of stuff wiggling around on your plate. She Which, says like, that. what do you think Vietnamese food is, man? It's like pho. It's like soup, and it's like banh mi's. Like, it's what the fuck do you think they're eating over there? Here's the thing. After that episode, I kind after the last episode, I kind of understood why everybody wants to wail on Sheldon. He's annoying. He's kind of a bitch. I get it. But after this episode, I want to hop into the TV and fucking strangle both their parents. You're if you're so happy that your son finally has a friend. Oh, what a great idea. Let's sabotage that. Let's make sure our yeah. son becomes a real scary guy. Yeah, let's just, like, make his, like, one friend just extremely uncomfortable with our racist, like... Oh, also, they, like... Okay, so then his mom's, like, okay, we're gonna say grace. And he's, like, okay, instead of praying to Jesus, you can pray to Buddha, which, wow, okay. But then this kid's, like, well, actually, I'm Catholic. And and what might be the best line in the entire episode, she's, like, oh, well, what does she say? She's, like... Oh, that's that's too bad. That's too bad. Which honestly is the only accurate line on that entire dinner scene. No, I mean, it is too bad that he's Catholic because I was raised Catholic and I get it. I get it, Tam. If there's one thing that white Protestants hate more than any other religion on earth, it's Catholics. That's for sure. Unless they're white Catholics. True. Yeah. I feel like even then the white Catholics like 
they get the side eye from because we're talking about they're more they're more just like oh come on you're so close you're right there it's like either like you're irish or you're italian or you're polish and as far as like the way the white people have looked at other white people that's like you know they're not the highest on the pedestal of whiteness you know what i mean regardless catholicism is ridiculous uh so then tam basically explains to the whole family uh that his father fought for um Viet Cong. No, no, no. He fought no. for the he fought, he fought for South Vietnam, right? Yeah, his father fought for South Vietnam, and then after the war was sent to a re-education camp uh, run by communists, and then he finally fled on a refugee boat to Taiwan. After that, lived in a refugee camp, finally made it to Texas. Uh, his father bought a shrimping boat. The KKK burned it down, and then now they have to work in a shop for 16-hour days. And what does Sheldon say to his new friend? Well, that was depressing. I mean, imagine shooting yourself in the foot this hard. I'm rooting for you, Sheldon. I really want you to have a friend. This kid is clearly traumatized, and he's so glad he finally met a friend and his friend just is like oh why don't you come to my texan parents house for dinner so we can shit on your country your religion and every fiber of your culture that yeah, sounds we live we live all of your traumas incredible and then in a bizarre twist to this episode it ends with the fbi coming to his house because sheldon apparently tried to buy uranium and it just sort of ends yeah it literally just ends like out of nowhere, it just ends. That's that's the ending beat of the episode. Which you know, like I guess the the arc of the episode is he gets a friend. Like they imply that they're both smart. They both like rockets. They're both bonding over rockets. But this kid is clearly like way more emotionally intelligent than Sheldon. Basically, what I got from this episode is that th- this whole show seems like the TV version of OK Computer. Like it's just exploring all these themes of isolation, alienation, and living on the cusp of technology. Yet. Unlike OK Computer, it's like there's no... I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, I, I just want to get back to the whole question of... What is the, what is the purpose of this show? It has... It's a single cam. You know, it's, it has an emotional element to it that we don't see in Big Bang Theory. Yeah, and that emotional um, element is anger. Because I just yeah. want to fucking kill Sheldon's family. It's all it's like I get it. Like I get it. Like we we can't all be the smart guy, but like we like they all just want to see Sheldon's life crash and burn, even though it's his especially his mom's like seemingly the only one that cares about his well being. But for God's sakes, lady, maybe not open with, oh, you're probably glad that your food's not wiggling. I mean, but you just think Sheldon doesn't react to the racism. I mean, like like his mom is just openly racist and to his only friend. And Sheldon, like, doesn't react. Like, of all the things he can be ashamed... He's ashamed of his brother for, like, wanting tater tots. But when his brother, like, straight up compares, like, re-education camps to Rambo, he's like, oh, that must have been so cool. Apparently, like, being uh, low intelligence, like, low class is unacceptable to Sheldon. But if you're racist, that's completely cool, I guess. Well, again, back to the Pete Buttigieg comparison. Uh, I think we can see the parallels there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. The thing that stood out to me this episode was Sheldon just trying desperately to make friends the way 
fraternity bros do. Um, it doesn't work because, unfortunately, he doesn't look like a fraternity bro. He's not facey. No. Sheldon, he's, a, it, he's not give him facey. some time. That, again, that's the thing. We know what he's going to look like, and it ain't yeah, great. Yeah, Still not facey. Yeah, no. He just, like, become a little – he needs to become a little beefcake. He does. He really does, you know. So shoot up some roids, dude, you know. Yeah, Sheldon – the only – the only arms race Sheldon needs to be on is just pumping iron. <laughs> yeah. He's too worried about uranium this and plutonium that. Hey, maybe instead of dropping bombs, drop some fists on these kids, okay? Exactly. Fight Beautiful. fight like kids in the 80s did. Just do some amphetamines, dude. At least get that like psycho energy going, you know? Yeah, we already talked about that, how he's not going to do drugs. Um, yeah. I will say, they, they, they got the music cues. Like, they got they had, um, they had What I Like About You. Right, and they had a, they had another '80s song in there. They're, they're putting their budget towards that '80s music. They're getting those rights. Yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't play "Fortunate Son" during the fucking dinner scene. Oh my lord, woo! That would have been something. They might as well, honestly. I these are the thing. I just want to know what did Sheldon's dad do in Vietnam? That's war that's crimes. Now, that's what he did. We, uh, that's gonna haunt me for the rest. I hope they retouch this. The only side arc, the only character arc I'm really invested in is I want to know more about Bill Ponderosa's past. Did he father a legitimate child and leave that child in Vietnam? He probably killed the child. This guy just found out that this woman that he had in a extramarital affair with in Vietnam had a kid and was probably like, uh, oh, well, and then just flew the coop. Um, which honestly is probably better off for that kid because we see what kind of like when he's not an absent father and he is a present father, we see how much better that is. Yeah. He might as well be an absent father. I'm just imagining him as like Colonel Kurtz in like apocalypse. Now he's Colonel Kurtz in the sense that he's like Marlon Brando. Oh yeah. He, he shows up overweight, lazy, doesn't do anything with his life. And like the fact that he's leading a family is insane to me because God forbid he couldn't lead a platoon. Honestly, he's probably behind the My Lai massacre. Oh, you know how he snitched on his football team that we established in the last episode? That's another he probably, thing. He, pro- he probably just like went to the Viet Cong. He's like, look, I know where they're going to be. Like, here are all the details you need. Well, not. I, the man, the I was going to say the opposite. Snitch. I was like, wow, yeah? this guy will rat out on his high school football team, but he'll just willingly commit war crimes. <laughs> he won't report war crimes, but he'll report if you try to illegally recruit. Yeah, he's just like, we stick together out here. It's a mess. <laughs> and then, oh, uh, excuse me, uh, we we recruited uh, somebody illegally. Uh, I just thought I should report that. Like, why don't you report to your commanding officer that members of your squadron are fucking firing on civilians, dude? I, or are I, you I, in it? I, I like here's how I imagine. I imagine that he he's he's reckoning with the guilt he has from Vietnam, right? Oh, I don't see that. Oh no, hold up. he's reckoning on all the war crimes that like he could have spoken out against. He could have stopped. He did nothing on. It weighs heavy on his conscience. He comes back to America. He's on a football team. He's trying to become a truthful man. He's trying to stay on the truth path. He sees the Luga recruiting going on. He's like, you know what? This is my chance to clear my conscience. This is my time to speak my peace and to, and to speak truth to power. And he goes. Bam! Fired. And what a waste of a conscience that was. Oh yeah. The one, the one time he could have done something good for his community, he fucks up because that's the kind of dad he is. That ending, the FBI just being like, "Hey, your son tried to buy uranium. How did they find that out?" 
There's no yeah, internet. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there's no internet. Is he going through Who's the phone Who's he reaching book? out to? Is he like reaching out to like the Ayatollah and being like, and like the Soviet Union and being like, I'm really trying to win this local rocket science fair. He's like, hey, Tam, uh, you mentioned that your dad went to a re-education camp in Vietnam after losing the war. By any chance, does he still have any contacts there? Because I'm trying to get in touch <laughs> with some people behind the Iron Curtain, if you know what I mean. You know, if you have any leads, it would be really helpful. Yeah, he's just like, hey, I hate my family. You hate the West. Maybe we can work together. It's a match made in heaven. Yeah. Any other final thoughts? Um, well, you know, we're, we're go back to the, the apocalypse now analogy. You know, this, this is our apocalypse now. We, you know, we're, we, we, we're entering, we're, we are Martin Sheen and we are entering into the river that is a, the timeline of the coronavirus outbreak and crisis and quarantine and B the heart of darkness. That is young Sheldon. Okay, everyone. Well, Thank you for joining us here at the Gates of Shell. We'll be back for episode three. Uh, hopefully it tones down uh, a little of the heaviness. I, I came in here wanting some lighthearted comedy, and then Chuck Lorre just kicked me in the fucking nuts and was like, oh, how do you like this, you piece of shit? Yeah, where are the chuckles, Chuck? Yeah. Give the people what they want. Okay. Well, that's all for us. Uh, stay safe out there. Um, don't die or die honestly it's not that great out there so at this point you know wash your hands don't get sick don't cough on each other's faces don't suck on doorknobs you know be smart we love you peace Bye, everybody.